0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast, he is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, fired up today, man. Dude, this is, a, this is a subject matter that's pretty close to my heart, I'll say. been doing this crazy thing for years and years and years and years, and uh, it's interesting every once in a while we'll get a chance to pull it up on the radar and, and chat about something I'm pretty passionate about, uh, and that is, I just love wrenching on cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is, this is beyond just wrenching on cars, man. This
1: is wrenching on cars for a good purpose. Right, this is giving yeah. back to the community. This is that feel good. I love having this conversation. I love this time of year. You know, I'm sad because I don't get to. You know, I live so far away from you. I don't get to support. I don't get to put my own two hands in there and get grubby for the common good. But we're talking about cars for Christmas, and this man right here on the other side of this microphone is quite the giver. And uh, man, he puts his heart and soul into this. And why don't you give him a little bit of background? Because this is some. This is a pretty cool, pretty cool activity you got going on every year.
0: Yeah, man. For a couple decades now, I'm probably in my 20th year now. Um, somewhere right around there. 20 years. Yeah. Wow. I <laughs> uh, kind of lost count, but I think it's somewhere in the 20-year mark. Uh, maybe 19, but um, almost two decades ago, I uh, I used to run around town when I was much poorer and and you know I didn't have much to my name. Uh, I lived over what they called the rough part of town. Um, I had this little Chevy S10 I bought from an electric company. I was just kind of getting started in radio. Um, I hadn't really, you know, caught um, caught a lot of traction, but I was fighting my way. I was, I was two decades ago. It was a much different s- scenario, but. It, 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 I was kind of blessed I, I bought one of my first used vehicles I didn't get my my first new vehicle until years later but I bought a, a newer Dodge V10 pickup truck and I, I had been driving this little Chevy S10 electric truck uh, I bought from this electric company so I gave it to a friend of mine because he was on the struggle bus he had two kids and he could never get the kids to and from he didn't have a car so I gave him this little truck and I watched instantaneously how it changed every aspect of his life. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, I could at least find a car or two each year and, and give it away and really make something happen. And it wasn't too long the, the guy that produces um, this show here, uh, our Two Guys Garage podcast, uh, is my producer on the radio. Uh, I got a car from him. I gave it away. And uh, I think the following year a year or two after that. Um, and then I started pairing up the years, uh, with the number of cars and it really just exploded about a decade ago. Uh, I've been giving away cars to needy families now for almost two decades, man. And it's been a, really a, a, a big passion of mine and something me and a number of my friends really ramp up for each and every year. And man, this year is It is no small task to tackle. You know, some years we give away 30 to 40. Other years we're blessed and I've given away 70, mid-70s before. So it's really, uh, it's amazing to watch these people's reaction when I give them a car free of charge uh, that has really had my hands all over it and trying to make it as best ride as possible for them. You know, that's just such an impressive feat. You know, I think about 70-plus
1: cars in a year. I mean, think about a. (laughs) a full-time shop. Now you have a full-time job and a second job and we're doing podcasts, right? You are a three job guy. So (laughs) finding the time, right, to, you know, to, to fix up and give away one car throughout the year. Now multiply that by 50, 60, 70, right? You're just a guy with your house and your, you know, your outdoor garage shop, right? And a couple friends come over and help. Now think about that. Just a bunch of buddies, uh, with you driving, you know, cracking the whip there, uh, leading the, the convoy, giving away tens and tens of cars every year, uh, you know, in your spare time is impressive. I mean, most people have an organization they they somehow maybe get paid for themselves, but you're out here just hustling and grinding and knocking it out year after year after year for almost 20 years, man. That is super impressive. And I'm, I'm excited to talk <laughs> more about it, uh, you know, and, and get, let everybody get a little bit more understanding of what's involved.
0: Uh, maybe how to help. Maybe how to donate. Yeah, and what, what the outcomes. Yeah, gladly, man. We'll we'll take a break, a, a quick one. Come back and uh, I'll kind of tell you how it's grown from year to year and and how local dealerships and other people kind of plugged into the mechanism. And it has become something bigger, much bigger than me. So I'll share that story with you. It's pretty cool and, and definitely something people around here look forward to. So a uh, quick break. We're back. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We'll see you in just a minute.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Byrd. I am Willie B. We're talking cars for Christmas. Now, it's a program that I've done for a long time, bro. I told you about two decades ago, I just I gave a car to a buddy that... You know, he didn't have mobility. He couldn't, you know, get his car, his kids to and from. He didn't have a car to transport them to grocery stores, to to the doctor's office. Anything they needed, it was public transportation. So I gave him a car and saw instantaneously what a huge shift that was in his entire world. I mean, just a paradigm difference from day to day when he had mobility and when he didn't.
1: Yeah, there's a huge difference. You know, anybody that swam in the water and for that that moment, you just were below the surface and you man, you thought you weren't gonna get your breath of air. You know, that that drastic difference between just being below the surface and thinking for a moment, you might just choke out for some reason, you know? And then you you come above just that surface line and you're breathing and what a dramatic difference. And people, you know, however we like to think about the world around us, there's a lot of folks that are right at that surface level. And, you know, some people are, are, are hesitant to, uh, you know, to want to help out generically, they can't see it, they can't feel it, they can't see the impact, but you know, right. when you're doing it, uh, you, you can. You can see that dramatic change and just getting somebody above the surface, right? Giving them that mobility, letting them go, whatever, to get medical checkup, get groceries, pick the kids up, get to their job, right? That's such a huge thing uh, to have that yeah, mobility. Because then, you know, in a lot of cases, it really kickstart that self-mobility you know, that self ability to, you know, whatever, conquer their own destiny and and provide for themselves, provide for their families. But sometimes that little helping hand can mean a whole lot more than we can imagine sometimes. And, and right, you're doing it over and over again. Uh, And it's exciting to see, right, you get a firsthand feel because I know, you know, myself, others, you know, we can we can donate to our local food banks, we can go do some volunteer work, but we don't always get to see it. Right. And I think that's hard sometimes to want to you know, let's say continue to give, continue to try to feed that pipeline, because uh, c- you have some kind of separation when
0: you're, you know, donating goods to Goodwill or whatever it is. But in your case, right? Well, it's a, it's the end of a story, right? You, 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 the beginning is us, you know, me going out buying these cars, getting cars that are donated, finding cars that you know I can acquire fairly cheap, and you know I got relationships with several dealerships here in Colorado where I can get some of their used inventory fairly cheap. Um, a little bit bigger discount than most people would have going in. So I, I've grown it like that, but really the story begins with these hunks of junk, these beaters, these cars that have had several hundred thousand miles. Every car, this is what's really unique. There's four things every car needs. So you can imagine when you get to a point where your, your car is on its last leg, you're going to trade it in, what are the things that you pay the least amount of attention to? Tires, brakes, brakes. Windshield wipers and a battery. Every <laughs> single one of these cars, they need those four things guaranteed. Now, on top of that, most of them are leaking. Most of them have several, you know, thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of miles on them. Um, but, you know, we go through a, a big checkpoint and a checklist. And, you know, I try to get these cars, whether they're donated, whether I buy them, purchase them. Um, I try to get the cars throughout the year. So I spend the first six, seven, eight months of the year really just acquiring the cars and get the car count up where it's something um, that we feel confident And You know, because there's some cars, Bird, that we just we aren't going to use. They're so busted when we get in here. Um, I will tell you this. About every two years, me and several of the guys that help me, this is one of the good things. Some of the cars that are so busted and beaten and beyond repair, um, we put them off to the side. And about every two years, we have enough cars to do a big demolition derby out back. So, <laughs> you know, and
1: that makes a lot of sense, right? you got to filter because uh, even people that own cars, uh, when they get, let's say, down low enough in their life, they get decrepit enough in their life, it's it's almost worse than, than not having a car because you're constantly feeding to fix it, right? Yeah. So many little things over time. So, you know, when you can go in and filter out those money pits, whatever, those black holes, uh, even if it's free, man, it's just <laughs> sucking right out of their wallet. Uh, so filter those out to the side, do something cool, fun, and interesting with them, you know, (laughs) like, you know, get some entertainment factor. Uh, and then, you know, like selectively keep the ones where, like you said, you can go through and, you know, hit the four main topics, but then, you know, dive into that next layer of, all right, what are the things that, uh, you know, somebody's really going to have to be burdened with in a short term, trying to knock those
0: off the list as well so they've got something to propel themselves forward right right so most of the cars are kind of on their last leg they leak a lot of fluids um you know they need transmissions like we just got finished we had this chevy envoy i had come into the shop and man the thing had a catalytic converter you see a lot of this right now catalytic converters um, they get stolen on their cars, and because the cost is so much, a lot of people just say, I can't afford it, I'm done, I, I, I'll forfeit the car there. Well, I'll spend the money, like just recently, the Chevy Envoy, I spent about 500 bucks. I got a new catalytic converter, put it on the car, and I've already done a couple other things suspension-wise, get the catalytic converter, and man, so it, I should preface this by saying, we pull the car to the shop, it's running Sounds pretty good, but it's loud, right? It doesn't have the catalytic converter. Notice a couple you know, pieces of suspension, parts that need our focus, order the parts, get them sooner than we get the catalytic converter, put the suspension parts on, have the brakes in. Well, as soon as the catalytic converter comes in, I weld it up, get it all in together. We fire up the engine and hear a big lower end knock on the Chevy Envoy. So sometimes you get burned like that. As soon as we heard it, it was like oh, I can't give that away. So it, it, it hurt in one way because we already had some fidelity in it. We already had some parts and some time and, and you know, that type of stuff. But, you know, it, lesson learned, um, a lot of the vehicles that we have coming in now, we'll get the catalytic converter first and then do the the finish diagnostics on it because literally some of them will be throwing codes and some of them um, will just have some, you know, typical stuff you put it up on a lift and you see all kinds of leaks and okay you start writing down gaskets and kits and things that you need for it. you just tackle one piece or one part and component um when you when you can and really it makes for a, a long august september october november december um but man the best is when you give these cars to these people and you know they've got a righteous ride and they're going to last for years and things like that but man it is a it is a massive amount of work um for me and i've got probably three to five good friends that come in and every Wednesday and every weekend from about August you know through December we spend wrenching on these cars and getting them right for uh, for the people that are going to receive them. So you know you talk a little bit
1: about you know your network of you know getting used cars donated cars and, and whatnot so how do you deal with you know who's tracking all these things because each one of these cars has its own laundry list it has its <laughs> you know it's got to go through inspection it's got to you know make that list and then you got to figure out you know how to pay for or get the parts so
0: how, how does that so,
1: part work out
0: if you pull out like ten thousand feet for the longest for the longest time probably the first 10 to 12 13 years um i did this all on my own dime so as the number of cars got up in the number i, I was giving away you know i was giving away the, by the sixth or seventh year i was giving away 15 18 cars um and you know by the 12th year i was giving away 20 25 cars and it's been you know right before the pandemic uh, there were two years that i gave away 70 and 75 cars uh in their respective years so probably over the last 20 years bro we're talking well over five six hundred cars i've given away now in that um basically i get them donated I, like you I said i got great relationships with some dealers um and so forth but Really, the way that we bring them in is just through a, a massive checklist. We bring them in. I'll do them for a test drive. I'll ask inquire about the car there, you know, from the owner. What's the, what do you know that's wrong with it? Sometimes they'll come with, you know, they'll take it to a mechanic shop, and the mechanic will have a big laundry list of things that are wrong with it. It needs suspension. It's got, you know, a transmission issue. It's got a power steering leak and a power steering pump issue. It's got, you know, all these other brake issues. And the tally is like $7,000. Well, these people don't want to pay for that, and you can't blame them on a you know 15-year-old car. So something like that, where they've already taken it to a you know a, an inspection or another thing, we'll just double check where they inspected it, um, and you know we'll kind of get a head start. But we do a full diagnostics on the car. I've got the latest scanners. I'm hooked up to Altel. um, I can read all the codes there are and really um, get into the vehicle and find out exactly what's wrong with it. But at the same time, there have been situations because you know it's a used car sometimes and I have 200,000 miles on it, sometimes I'll just, I'll literally give a, a car away, and even though we've checked and replaced everything on it, I'll, I'll, you know, hear from the owner, and the people will come back and say, hey man, the, like here's a perfect example, three years ago I gave away a Ford Expedition, that we put all kinds of time, money in, we had a new transmission we harvested from something else, um, we had suspension brakes, tons of body stuff to it. Well, this lady was driving out of town, and the transfer case blew. Completely unexpected. We checked the oil, and it changed it. It was fine. But, you know, something like that has a lot of miles. I always hold back four or five cars in case something happens. So if there is a situation or scenario, they can just come back to me and get another car. So that's kind of my safety net um, nice. because these these are cars that have a lot of miles. But I always have something in the background to make sure if – You know, if it's not right or something does happen, you know, in 60 days, I I, I reward them with another car.
1: What, like, like one of your 70 chargers in the background there or? (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, no i typically keep um you know one or two small compacts or one or two suvs no, that, that makes sense that makes um, sense i don't yeah. blame you there no that's
1: a smart move because right <laughs> these are old cars we we've all had them right some of most of us still have one yeah. somewhere in our in our uh, arsenal or kids or selves, and and uh man at any point in time they could go kablooey so having uh having a couple of backups there is is uh, pretty smart now how do you go about you know once you've sized these things up and you're going about it um where do you get you know either parts or or donations or or other things I mean I think this could stack up but we all know what car repairs cost yeah. um so, you know even with friendly discounts at at parts stores so this is going to add up fast so how how do you manage all that
0: So it's interesting I've got a couple discounts at convenient um you know local parts stores um I've been fortunate enough with uh with a couple of partners um at like the Napa in town and so forth so I get a decent discount there Um, And I've been fortunate about doing, you know, raffles and, you know, sort of drives to help me, you know, secure some money. Because, like you said, car parts are expensive. And I'm buying, you know, if you were doing inventory. Let's see, I did my taxes last year. I I spent something like $24,000 on parts. So it's a lot of money just on parts alone. And I'm able to get money with that because some of the cars that get donated. For example, last year I had a 1997 W six W six optioned uh, Trans Am come in that was a six speed car, so I put a clutch in it, fixed the the leak on the uh, lt one, had a oil pan leak and valve cover leak, uh, did a tune up on it, did brakes on it, did tires, and I ran it through a local auction. Well, that car brought twenty thousand dollars, so that twenty thousand dollars goes directly to you know the bank account to allow us to buy parts. Um, nice. So. It's um, it's easy. the first couple of years I was using a few of my own cars, um, to raffle off and raise money, but now it's gotten big enough and sort of self-sustaining that people kind of, on at least in Colorado, are aware of the auctions uh, and the raffles I do for certain cars. And I've given away, you know, I've given away a blown Camaro, I've given away um, a couple just A to B cars, um, but really cool that I could turn around and use my hot rod in and. Things that we do, like on the TV show, build a cool hot rod, raffle it off for the foundation, and turn around and affect thirty to forty, you know, families' lives. And it's really, it's a lot more than a family. It's a typically a large number of people that are, are tied to each each vehicle I give away.
1: Well, that that's good to know. I think for anybody, because uh, I'm sure people are listening, and thinking, "Man, this is super cool. I, I wish I could do it." You know, but maybe they don't have the means. They don't have the time. Right, they don't have the skills, the tools, whatever. Uh, but they're probably thinking this is still awesome, and I wish I could contribute in some fashion. So, you know, clearly people can donate cash, and that's always king, right? So, uh, you know, maybe a little later in the podcast we can kind of share, you know, how people can donate that way. But just to get people's gears turning, um, you know, yeah. maybe some people are thinking, hey, I've got an old car. Uh, maybe it's not worth much, but it would be a great one to fix up to hand off. But you know, as you mentioned with that ws six, you know, maybe somebody's got a nicer car. And, uh, you know, that's their big want to give away. And and they can give you a nicer car running or not running, but it gives you that platform to put a little sweat equity in, put a little investment in, and then through your, you know, your raffling or other uh, auctioning, really then support not just one car, one family, but really, like you said, take that one donation that's got some inherent value to it and really spread that out over multiple, multiple families yeah,
0: uh, to help out in a really big, impactful way. Yeah, it's really been a blessing that we've been able to do that. And, you know, I have been I have been fortunate. The first few years I did that, it was, you know, it was my own cars. Um, and then the second, you know, the last couple of years, it's been donated cars. Um, we'll get to some stories. Wait till you hear some of the best, best ways to get motivated to do something like this. Is when you give the cars away and watch their reactions. So I got to tell you a couple stories about that when we come back from the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And today we're talking about we're talking about something that I I love to do. Each year I give cars to needy families. It has been something that I've absolutely fell in love with, and probably, you know, we're all a story at some point, Kev. Um, I believe when my story gets told, there will have to be a chapter on on the number of cars I've given away in my life. I I feel like that is inevitable. Oh, I was thinking about some other (laughs) chapters that you probably wouldn't be excited about, but
1: yes, that chapter, that chapter would be the good one, right? That's the one you want at the front of the book. Uh, You know, hundreds
0: of cars, when I think about it over the last 20 years, I've probably given away... You know, 600 cars or something. A couple years before the pandemic, 2018, 2019, it was in the 70 count since the pandemics happened. And, then you know, the price of used cars. Bro, I, I literally have to pay oh, 2500 to, to 3000 for used cars that I used to pay 250 to 300 for. So that's how much it's shifted over the last few years courtesy of the pandemic. So it's much more costly for me to do this now and that's really why the number of car at least the car count um has gone down um in the last couple of years because the the parts and the, the prices of it have just really skyrocketed
1: yeah that's that's a big hint hint for anybody out there um you know on the fence thinking about wow this is a really cool gig you know i want to help out man things have really gotten a steep you know uh and you can imagine it it puts an even heavier burden on the folks out there in need Right Because you're sure. feeling it as a person t- trying to feed that pipeline, right so yeah, there's
0: even more reason why this is such an important activity, yeah, man, so some of the fun stories, um there's this kid who was so this happened two years ago, there was a kid, and he was probably about eight or nine years old um and at the time, he was the oldest kid in the the family, so it was a dad who had three three kids. I think the mom had three kids and then they had a kid together. There was like seven kids and two adults, nine people. So you imagine that's a big group of people to get anywhere and to get in any, any, any car. So they were using a Saturn. They had this old dilapidated Saturn and they would take two trips and they would run all the kids and, you know, they could and then, you know, one parent would stay home and take the other kid. Well, this was the kid that was always left. He was always the last pickup. Mm-hmm. You know? So... I I brought this family um, up to my work where I was giving the cars away, and the mom had no idea it was a friend of hers that nominated her. Um, and I got the story about this this little kid. I, I for those that don't know, I I work in in the morning show on a radio rock radio station in Denver, Colorado. So I brought this family on my morning show, and this kid. He was telling this sad tale that he's the guy that always gets left at walmart that always gets left at home he's the last one in the party train they'll take one two loads and he's always the kid that's got to wait so it was really funny because i asked this kid after he told his story and everybody was kind of choked up and had a lump in their throat because you could imagine being nine and having to yeah. wait at walmart for an hour for your parents to come back and get you so I think that's on a borderline of illegal. I'm not sure. But it, it literally was like, it was an amazing moment because I held up this massive like food storage bag of keys. And I said, hey, have you ever been car shopping? And he's like, no, I've not been car shopping. I'm nine. <laughs> and I said, you want to? And he was like, he couldn't believe it. His jaw hits the floor. And he's like, what? And I said, out back is... 30 to 40 cars. How about you take these keys and you go car shopping? He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that his, his nine-year-old butt got to run out in the parking lot. You know where he ran? So I had all the vans parked together. I had all the trucks, SUVs, four-doors, and compacts. He ran straight over to the minivans. I'm talking to the ones that had extra seating, you know, extra you know, extended van, and he climbed in this white, you know, massive Voyager van. He's like, this is my seat. I always get this seat. The rest of the family can be the ones uh, that pick their seat. He, he was so excited that the whole family could go together uh, and that he wouldn't have to be, you know, waiting for his parents to come back and get him. Uh, you know, that's one of so many stories, um, but just well, one to uh,
1: Just think about that for a minute, right? Go back to when you're, you know, any of us are nine years old, right? And, and you talked about, you know, getting left at Walmart for an hour. Constantly, for everything the family has to do, and, you know, you think about a kid when you give him that much, uh, let's say freedom of choice, you know, every kid's going to want to go for the <laughs> Jeep, the big off-road truck, the, you know, the fast car, the hot rod. But this kid is so impacted by survival and, you know, like, and really kind of focusing on, you know, what it means in his family yeah. to, you know, get through daily life that he's going to run straight over to the minivan You know like (laughs) that that is a real kind of heartstring, right i think ah, we can all connect to you know that sort of basic need you
0: know yeah there was uh, there's another story about this machinist guy um his his, i think his name was eddie gonzalez and this guy was one of these unbelievable stories where here's a man who uh, i want to say his son uh, his son was in prison he adopted his son's three kids. So he's an older gentleman who's a machinist. He's got three younger kids. I believe the kids were somewhere in the ballpark of five, seven, and eight. So he's taking the burden of raising these kids. And the unique story about it was he, he lived with his family, and they were a couple generations. So this one man was the provider for a lot of people. Well, he would walk a couple miles to a bus stop, catch a bus, catch a light rail which is our train system to another bus stop and then walk another mile or two to his work he endured this trek to work uh that literally was almost two and a half hours every single day and he did the same thing on the way back and when he could catch a ride it saved him you know the three miles that he walked and regardless of regardless of of the the, it's colorado right it's you know negative 10 degrees some days in the winter here and you know 102 on some days when he's coming back this man did this and never missed a day of work never missed a day of work when i met him he had duct tape around his boot right he had like a a steel toe boot and he had duct tape around where the ball of the feet was and it wasn't just a little bit of duct tape it was duct tape that had been there and added on and added it was now a shoe
1: it was a duct tape shoe Yeah. yeah
0: yeah So I give this guy a really nice little trailblazer, and he's just, he's blown away. Well, the next day, it's really bad, we had snow. I gave him this car, and he's bundling his kids up, because that was the day that he would take his kids, he would bundle them up, and they would always have to walk through the Safeway, which was just under a mile away. So he's bundling his kids up, and he's putting the scarf, and the hat, and a gloves, and the big jackets, and he's thinking to himself, man, we gotta endure this walk, it's snowing, and his youngest kid is like, dad, I don't understand why we're having to get all dressed up and do all this stuff when we have a car now. And he's like, what? Wait, I got, I got a car. I got a car. So he, <laughs> he was just blown away that he, had, that he totally forgot he had a – because that was so routine to him. He'd done that for so long. He just was – that was the Saturday thing. Rain or shine, that's what he did. So it, it's stories like that that really motivate you to, to, you know, spend some time and investment and, and get these cars right. Um, but it's stories like that to keep you, you know, your passion for something like this really on fire. Well,
1: so for people that are in your area that that either know someone in need or definitely in need themselves, how do they maybe get on your list?
0: What, what's the process there? So uh, uh, several years ago, when I figured out the best way to fund this, um, you know, outside of my own pocket because it was just killing me, um, I decided to go through the burdensome steps of getting a five hundred C. So a five hundred one C3 is it's a lot of steps, a lot of paperwork, a lot of, you know, just filling out forms and going through these steps and doing, you know, board meetings and all this stuff. But I, I found somebody that helped me through all those steps and keeps me on a schedule with all that, uh, which has been great. Um, it's also, uh, you know, something that I should spend more time on my website, but I got so many entries, a couple thousand per year. Um, I, I probably should do a better job of updating my website, but it's willybfoundation.org. Um, you could nominate people, you could, you know, donate cars, um, you could see what we do and see some of the, the pictures. But it, it really is cool. It's Willie B. Foundation on Facebook, and willie, williebfoundation.org is the uh, the website for my 501c3. And it, it's really through there that you can nominate um, and through the Facebook pages if you follow me on social media. Um, but it, I will tell you, nothing impacts somebody instantaneously like giving them the ability to be mobile, right? And so many times it's doctor's visits, it's medical appointments, it's young kids, big families involved. So it's it's a large number of people get affected by the cars. And when all the guys, the guys that helped me turn wrenches and, and sometimes people that have donated in years past I brought in and helped read the stories, because I'll get a couple thousand entries each year. And man, you talk about the quietest room is the the weekend that we do the first cut. You know, I'll have several thousand entries, and we cut that down to about 300. And then from there, we really get in-depth to to what we're going to do with the families and, and you know, start talking to them and, and see if there's other cars that they can use or if there's other means of transportation they have and start really filtering uh, the list down to the number of cars. So it, it is a very humbling several days when we're going through the stories because— what we take for granted so often, for most people in that world, is such an unbelievable struggle. It is such a monumental ascend, and it's it's really amazing the difference between having a vehicle and you know having transportation via a friend, a family member, public transportation, or your own two feet. No,
1: oh, absolutely. It's got to be it's got to be tough. Uh, you know, when you've got that many, and even when you filter down you know, to the the core of of real needed folks, and you still don't have enough cars, because it's just, you know, it's a volume game. That's got to be tough, right? When you're sitting there, you're hustling, you're feeling good about the 50, the 60 cars, the 70 cars, but you got 300 or 400 or 500 people that, you know, you're reading through and and you're really feeling like, man, I, I wish I had two or three times You know, the number of helping (laughs) hands, donations, you know, infrastructure, and that's just in your area. So, all right, what are the biggest ways uh, that people can help close the gap between the people that need and your current ability to feed that pipeline? What, What are the biggest ways people can help? Money, time, donations, cars?
0: Obviously, you know if you if you feel motivated to do so, a, a welcome donation is always very appreciated and helps us, you know, affect a large number of people on the receiving end. Every dime I set up my five hundred one uh, c three so that nobody gets any any money. Nobody is is ever paid from it. Every single dime, every penny, and you can look this up. Uh, every penny goes. Um, absolutely to the parts and to the cars and you know getting everything that we need to get these things running and, and get them right for the families that are receiving them um, and it's it's funny you mentioned that bro because there have been so many people that after we give all the cars away there's still people that you know will be like but I've got this car so we've been known to bring their car in and fix it because they had one that we could fix um, it, it has been amazing to affect people uh, in in that way and fashion. I feel like here's the deal. If if you're motivated by any of this, here's what you could do is just pay it forward. A lot of people feel like they can't do anything. And sometimes it, it, it's really humbling because several years, a year or two before I started my Cars for Christmas program, we had a really bad incident out here in Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver. You might recall a, a theater shooting when the Batman movie came out. Mm-hmm. So me and at the time, I, I knew a bunch of people in, in, in music and I knew several celebrities and professional athletes. So I sent this massive email asking for 50 bucks, right? 50 bucks isn't a lot for most people, but for somebody on the other end, below that line, that threshold, how you you put it so wisely as far as getting that breath and you can't quite get above the surface, right? 50 bucks is a lot, and it was a lot back then. Um, Probably it's not as much now, but it would be like the equivalent of 100 bucks now. But me and several of my friends, ask for 50 bucks from all these people in the form of a $50 gift card. And we took probably 10, 12 of us. And we went to that same location where that Aurora Theater was shooting. There's a Walmart right near it. And we walked in with, I don't know, I think it was like $8,000 worth of $50 gift cards. And we started buying people's you know, groceries and helping them with Christmas. And you wouldn't believe what a difference 50 bucks can make. The reason I bring $50 up is because Everybody wants to do something, but you just don't know how. Sometimes it can start with 50 bucks, right? Sometimes as little as 50 bucks to somebody who's, who's going to be impacted by that in a significant way, um, you know, or to a food bank, um, sometimes even helping to a food bank, sometimes giving it to somebody who's in need that might not be brave enough to ask because that's sometimes the toughest challenge for these people. Um, just pay it forward. Do, it, do so in a way that... You don't have to have applause for the cause; just do it, and the the rest comes later. Well, I'll 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 help steer a little bit because, you know, I, I've known you for
1: a long, long time, and I, I think what you're doing is, is amazing. Like I said, I wish I was there to help wrench, um, but we can, right? WillieBFoundation.org, We can go there and we can donate, right? There's a, yeah. a mechanism. So, yeah. in a lot of cases, you're afraid, you know, depending on where you want to potentially donate or you don't have the time or skills to help out you're afraid you know oh, my money's just going to go to some drunk or some bum is just going to waste it or buy booze or whatever you know exactly right. where this is going to go you know who this guy is willie b you see him on the tv channel every weekend right fully legit fully uh ex- ex- let's say exposed as to where all the, the money's going you know this is going to go to a needy family so if you're sitting around thinking man it's the end of the year and uh it's about time i did something good for somebody else this is a damn good place to do it, so uh, I encourage you all, myself included. Uh, let's hop on there and, and throw a little bit of coin Willie's way, and if you got a car, you know, throw that out there as well. This is one of the best and solidest ways I think you can really help people get on their feet, uh, and that that gives them the right the ability to go, you know, essentially take care of themselves a whole lot better than just handouts, right? It's an enabler, exactly. It's a
0: massive path to path to freedom for so many people, um, and yeah, we we serve uh, Colorado, Wyoming. I've sent cars to Utah, Nebraska, to boot, and uh, and and two to Kansas uh, ca- across the line to Kansas. So we're getting out there. We're getting bigger. Any donation, or contribution, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Willie B Uh, and really appreciate the time and uh, you know something I'm definitely passionate and care a ton about so more people help more people uh, get out there and can can help others let's grow this thing guys I, I think we can do it let's blow this thing up this is awesome Right on, man. And something else we should blow up is our TV show. Check that out. It airs weekends on the Motor MotorChin Network. Check your local listing. Also available on MotorChin Plus, which is their streaming service. Thanks to our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker, uh, my man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah. Like I said, don't forget, Willie Foundation.org. You can check them out
1: on Facebook, too. And, you know, while you're in the internet, check out our website for our TV show, TwoGuysGarage.com. Man, share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, of course, this Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's copyrighted, twenty twenty two, Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. All right, what's the tally, Billy? Right what, what 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 number are we gonna get to this year? I know you had a house fire and and you know you're you're picking up all yeah, the pieces. Yeah, You know,
0: I, I, I think I'm gonna c i am going to I think I'm right at that forty threshold. Oof. Um I've got a bunch of oxen auction cars I got to go pick up this week this weekend Uh, I've got next week off just so we can focus on riching on cars Um, so I'm hoping across that 40 threshold Uh, if not I'll be tapping right on it Uh, but I got some nice cars they tend to be about 10 years old this year 12 years old so really newer cars than I've had before and I'm telling you, man, it is—it's uh, something cool when you give a key and a title to somebody free of charge. All you gotta do is have insurance and have a big smile. It is awesome. So if you ever get the opportunity to do so, and I sure appreciate any help. I don't know how you do it, man. All right,
1: kudos to you, <laughs> all your boys that help out, man. What a kick-ass thing. Amen. Uh, hope you guys—you uh, know—felt a little bit in your hearts there. Got to—you uh, know—share some of Willie's stories. Really cool. We'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage
0: podcast. Two Guys Ride Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.